you know, they want something that you don't share, you want to give it to them. You know, and it gets, let me tell you, it gets worse with grandkids. Right? You know, when those little girls come up, Papa, I love them. And they wrap their arms around you. They love you. And then you look down and you say, what kind of a car did you want me to buy you? So, I mean, it's, 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 it's bothersome. And uh, I'm going to take the opportunity to speak to fathers, but understand the underlying premise of the message speaks to all of us. Uh, I'm going to pull punches. I'm going to differ a little bit on my approach and how I share this this morning. So I want to talk to you this morning concerning dad legacy. Say that with me. Dad legacy. It's really that simple. Dad legacy. In Genesis chapter 18, take a look at these verses with me. It starts with verse 18. It says, since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him, question mark, for, it says, for I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, and that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice. Wow. You know, what catches my attention here is God saying, I know him. I know him. The, the reason God's saying is, I, I picked this man, the reason that I'm, I'm bringing that covenant that will ultimately bring the Messiah, I'm entering into this covenant that starts this man, Abraham. And the reason that I chose him is because I know him. That he will command his children to walk in the ways of the Lord. Mm. In, in the scriptures, the father is the dominant figure in the family. His role is vital. How many know there's more to being a man than being a male? There's more to being a man than being a male. You can be married and not be a husband. You can be a breeder and not be a father. Look, the Bible teaches that the dad and the father is the male dominant figure of the family. And he is to lead that family in their spiritual life. Hello. Do, do you realize that 25% of our children are raised without a father? I mean, I mean, and that doesn't even include the absentee fathers, okay? But nearly 20 million children are fatherless today on Father's Day. They're without a father who is engaged. I don't know if you... To me, that's huge. The only thing worse than having a home without the father is having a father who is not the right role model leading the children in the wrong direction. Paul said this. Take a look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. That, that's a huge statement. We've got a lot of teachers. We've got a lot of influencers, especially if you spend any time on the Internet. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot, but we don't have very many fathers. 
and those fathers of influence and impact. And I say that because you'll have a lot of people in your life you'll learn from, you'll, you'll, you'll grab from, but there is no one that can take the place of a father. Paul also says this, take a look at it in 1 Timothy, but if anyone does not provide for his family, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. They're fighting over their father's benefits. But you know what they're saying? I know what they're saying. They're saying, my father knows what's mine and the way I am. He knows everything. In fact, he knows the answer to the question before you even ask it. And it's always no. Probably couldn't have made men out of that one. But anyway, notice what, 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 what Paul is saying to Timothy. If you don't take care of your family, now he's speaking specifically of laziness, of slothfulness, of freeloading kind of thing. So, so don't, don't get all wrapped up in a pipe if, if you're dealing with unemployment at this point in time or you're dealing with, with physical ailments that make things... No, no, no. Understand what Paul is talking about here. Don't let the enemy rip you apart with that kind of nonsense. He's talking about the laziness and the slothfulness of what a, a father should be within a house that he's the priest over. Look, the responsibility of a dad cannot be overstated. Amen? I mean, to be a parent, whether it's a mother or a father, to be a parent is the highest calling you will ever have on your life. To affirm your kids. To, to give spiritual direction. I'll say it again, guys. You are the priest of your home. Did you realize that you are fathers of influence? I'll never forget a Sunday school teacher of mine years ago when I was probably in the in the fifth or yeah, yeah fifth grade. Her, her name was Mary Jane Derenberger. We just called her teacher. <laughs> but I had I had earned a Bible in Sunday school. And as I had that Bible, she gave me, uh, I still have that Bible, by the way. Uh, she made a statement that never left me, and I took that statement in my Bible, my first Bible. It says, someone is influenced by what you do today. Someone is, for, rather for good, for bad, for ugly, for inside out or upside down. Someone will be influenced by you today. And I say that, how much more for fathers? We're talking about fathers of influence, fathers that instill, that, 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 that shape, that mold. Your children become that reality of what you shape them to be, whether you like that or not. But the reality is, friends, you're an influencer. And we need fathers of influence that influence our children. God said, I know 
Abraham, and I know that he will teach and lead his children for them to go in the way I tell them to go. He's a father of influence. And friend, when you as a father pray, pray for your family, it's like putting a roof over the house. You, you, you wouldn't live in a house without a roof. I mean, my goodness. Can you imagine? Especially a week, like a week we had the other week where, just, you know, it just rained every day and came down and all, all the valuables of your house, all the furniture, the carpets, all, 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 all of the things that are in the house, that they become destroyed. Because there's no roof over, they become susceptible and vulnerable to the outside element. Hello? I mean, no roof over the house, really? I mean, think, spiritually speaking, when there's no prayer, a parent, a father seeking that family blessing, the family is exposed. And as a result of that, the darkness has its way in. The family becomes vulnerable to that darkness and has that easy access. And now I can only begin to tell you of some of the things that take place when there is not a prayer, a roof over that family. When you pray, you are putting a, 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 a roof spiritually on your house. That's, that's called a covering over your children. It's called a covering over your marriage. It's called a covering over your family. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? It cannot be overstated how powerful that is. When a father prays, he is putting a spiritual roof, a covering over that house. It's preserving them. It's blessing that house. The favor of God comes on these children when a father prays. It brings the blessing and the benefits of God upon that home. Oh, yes, it does. Mm -hmm. Because when you pray, When you acknowledge God in your house, things change. Oh, but you don't know. I know. Trust me. That's why Paul talks about the shield of faith that quenches what? The fiery darts. Well, I thought if you had faith, you wouldn't be attacked by the enemy. Huh. Where did you learn your theology? Not only do the arrows still come from the enemy, they come with lit arrows, fire to destroy, not just kill. Does that make sense? Listen, in today's world, more than ever, we've got to put a roof of protection, a spiritual protection of prayer over our homes from this world from all the antics, all the ideologies, all the ways of seeing, believing, thinking what's right, is this, that, 
understand this world is creating what they believe is right out of a darkness that they're living in. And out of that darkness, they create what they think is right because it fits what they want. Mm. I'm here to tell you that when you pray over your house, when you put spiritual roof over your house, you can break the curses. Please grab that. In, 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 the, in the book of Genesis, in chapter 27, it, and I, it, it, it's verses 1 through 29, so I don't have it anywhere else, but you can write that passage down. It's where, it's, it's, it's where, uh, you got two brothers. I won't even get into the story about that part. But you got Jacob and Esau. And Jacob's going in to talk to his father about his father blessing him. And he, and, and he gives us, you know, as we look at this, he gives us these key points of how you are to bless your children and bless your family as a leader of your family. It's really quite simple. He refers to, if you will, when his, his son first comes in, and tells his father, Isaac, I, I want you to bless me, to put your blessing on me. And the scripture says, look at it, it says he touched him. Well, take a look at Genesis 27 and verse 20. It says, then Isaac said to Jacob, come near so I can what? Touch you. Now understand the first blessing that you can put on your children is meaningful touch. There's something about a father who will touch his children, who will hug his children, who will even kiss his children. I mean, a father who will touch. One of the greatest blessings, if you want to build self-esteem, to build confidence, then, then touch your children. I mean, I, I see a lot of dads, and, you know, when they're babies, you know, yeah, you hold them and everything, you touch them, and they, they come and, and want to climb all over you. But when they get older, you know, they start hitting those ages of puberty, or they become teenagers, or even adults. Oh, I just, oh, I just hope they feel right. Well, get over it. I'm, 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 I'm just basically telling you, you know, you, I'm not a hugger. You know what I say to that? Break that curse. Because that's what it is. Life is short, my friend. I mean, never touching your kid, really? I mean, reach out and, and touch your family. Look, something happens, you touch, right? It, it releases stress. It provides emotional health to be touched. I mean, Meaningful touch bounds you to people. Understand, one way of putting a blessing of God's favor is by touching your loved ones. Now, I just want you to think about it for a second. Touch them. Blessing begins with hugs. 
see it just, the blessing begins to come. I'll say it again. Blessings begin with hugs. I've either created a yeah in you or I don't quite get it, son. Not only did he touch his son, it says in verse 26 that he had his son come and, 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 and kiss him with the reciprocal of a kiss. There's nothing wrong with that. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you today, touch and, 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 and what we're talking about is needed more today in our society than ever before. Secondly, okay, I'll walk through these. I'll get you out of here early. How's that? Everybody say amen. You actually believe me. Okay. He began to speak a verbal blessing over his child. A verbal blessing over his... Listen. The word blessing means to attach high value to a person. The word blessing means to attach high value to a person. When we talk about blessing your family, it means to attach high value and speak future-oriented words and blessings over their lives. Let me say that last part. I'm talking about attaching value and speaking future-oriented words, future-oriented words and blessings over their lives. You speak and bless them for the future. Words of praise, words of assurance, words of affirming and accomplishment. Oh, man, I just got excited. You're speaking a future-oriented blessing, and it brings to position their lives to move into that word. Do you realize that? It brings to position their lives to move into that word you're speaking over them. Positively or negatively. Listen, continually affirm, continually affirm the future of your children. Every day. Continue to, to affirm the future of your children. What am I saying? Praise them. You're imparting a blessing. You're placing that value upon them. Those words, I'll tell you, will shape, influence, and impact. Those words are powerful. Don't ever underestimate what comes out of your mouth. And, and I go on to say this. The difference between a positive dad and a criticizing dad. Let me say this. Speaking powerful words about your children will change your children. Do, do you remember a guy by the name of Dr. Dob, Dobson? Not Dobbins, Dobson. Yeah, you know what he said? For every one word of criticism you give your child, you need Seven words of positivity to overcome that one word. I don't think it's right. I, I need at least ten. 
understand what he's trying to say instead of words that are spoken over you. I don't know if you've ever had these words spoken over you. Get get your life together. Right? And 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 or you're just like your mother. Or you're dumber than a hay rake, right? I grew up and never knew what a hay rake was, so whatever. But you know, you get those words spoken over you all day. Why can't you be like your mother? Why can't you know? How about instead of saying you're marked by God? You got a plan for your life. What am I saying? Speak life into them. Hey, your kids, Dad, they value your approval. Hello? There's value in your words. Be positive instead. Feel that engine. What, do, you, do you realize that your kids carry around a, a, a tank? And it's either going to be full or empty or somewhere in between. But we bring to that basis a way of filling that tank either with positivity or negativity. Guess how that car is going to run if it's fueled with negativity? Mm, I could spend a lot of time there, but I won't. I'm just going to tell you straight up. We are to help them with their relationships to God, and we are to build their self-esteem. That's what blessing then does, if you understand that. You also have to, as a dad, be pliable. You got to kind of got to go with the flow sometimes, right? You take a look at this verse of scripture. I put it in. I put it in the uh, amplified version so that it can pretty much speak. Um, this is one of those verses that I would have quoted to me at times at my house. Fathers, do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to resentment. But rear them tenderly in the training and discipline and the counsel and admonition of the Lord. All right. Let me give you some information. When you see, when you start seeing an independent spirit in your child, that means something. When you see that spirit start to manifest around 14, 15, 16. Understand. That's God's way of getting your child out of the house. Hello. But I'll, I'll, I'll just say it, it, it. It's not all bad, Dad, if you know what I'm saying. But when they start to get an attitude or start acting independent, you got to give a little room sometimes, right? To go through it. They... they you know, let's face it, our, our, as, as a young person, they know it and you don't. You know, it's a different world, Dad. It's a different world, Mom. And, and do you know the definition of a generation gap, what a generation gap is? Have you ever heard the terminology generation gap? Well, let's put it this way. Here I am standing with my teenage child, and... Here I am in this particular position, 
And my child is saying, you don't understand, you don't understand, you don't understand. And you know what I say? I say very simply, well, I don't say anything, really. I understand where they're coming from. Because here's the issue. This child is is very simply, well, let me start with me first. I, I What I do is I look, I look at a path, and I can understand what the future is going to present itself as, as a result of my present condition. If I start heading this way because of the experience I've had, I can predict the future. Hello? This child has no past. And this child, in trying to forecast the future, really doesn't have a clue, but they know, right? And, and you know, it, it, I just say that because we've got to give them a little room. Sometimes you have to give a little space. It's part of the development. It's part of the way that God created them. My advice to you is to find what heals versus what inflames. Because nobody wins from pious criticism. Everybody loses. You have to be pliable. Even if they come home with purple hair. And why, oh why, oh why, do they buy clothes with holes in them? But then again, I go back to the day when we were young. We had to walk like this because our bell bottoms would keep hitting each other. Listen, our job is to keep moral boundaries and spiritual boundaries. Our job is to keep moral boundaries and spiritual boundaries, but otherwise, we do need to give them space. They, they, how many know they don't want to be carbon copies of you? They want to be different. So don't drag them away. Non-essential issues are, are not what we are supposed to be majoring on. Support them. I mean, go to their stuff, right? Do you hear what I'm saying? I, I know you'd all rather probably go to a, a dentist appointment than one of those dance recitals. If, if you, oh my, if you've never been to a dance re, recital, consider God's blessing. No, I'm serious. I mean, as much as I love my kids and stuff, you know, first of all, you get these tickets and they tell you the price of these recital tickets and you go, what? And then you get there, and the program's going to be at least three hours long, but you're waiting there for your little kid to come out. And they come out, and they, they get on the platform, and they're dressed in this weird kind of outfit, and all they do is go like this. And less than a minute and a half, they're done, and you're still stuck there for another hour and a half. Because you've got to wait, because they're all going to come out at the end. Where's that dentist when you need them? I'm just I'm having fun because it, it, it's it's neat, but thank goodness they got a snack bar they have to lobby. But I mean, I don't care, I don't care whether that it is, whether it's a concert at school, whether it's whether it's a baseball game. I mean, it, it's it's of huge importance that we support them. David said, 
when he took the Ark of the Covenant back to the temple. He said in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 20 there, it says, Then David returned to bless his household. What would happen today if fathers went from here and said, I want to bless this house. Lord, we need your blessing on this house. I'll say it again. You're the priest of the home. And you say, God, I bless these children. May your hand be on their life. Hello. We acknowledge the Lord in this, in this home. Bless your house. Bless your house. Joshua said it at 110 years of age. He said in chapter 24 of Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It doesn't matter if what they teach in schools that are contrary to God or, or what's going on two houses down from you. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My prayer is, God, make us Joshua men. Men determined to raise their family for God. It's, it's time to fight for our family time. Hello? You can look this up for yourself. To verify what I'm saying. In 1924 in Paris, they were they were they were the host of the Olympic Games in 1924. There was a man by the name of Bill Haver who was on his way to compete. His particular area was a shoe-in for him to win the gold. I mean, no one could compete with this guy on the rapids and canoes. They all knew it. They all knew that he was going to take it. There was, there was no guesses about it. But he found out before he got on the plane that his wife was about to go into labor to give birth to their first child. And even though his wife had insisted that he go, because that's what he had worked for all of his life, he shocked the Olympic Committee and his wife. He said, I'll not be competing. I must be there when my first child is born. His son was named Frank and was born on August 1st, 1924. And even though Bill, you know, kind of wondered what would have, you know, happened, played out if he had went, he never rejected the decision he made to be there for his son first. Bill loved that son so much that he poured his, his life out into him, sharing all of his knowledge and love with him about the rapids and the canoes. And he taught him how to do it. He invested. He supported him. 24 years later, the Olympic Games were in Helsinki, Finland. This time, Frank qualified to compete in the Games. The day after competition in Finland, Bill received a telegram from his son that read this, Dear Dad, thank you for waiting around for me in 1924. 
coming home with the gold medal that she so wanted. Understand that what that father decided was there were things that he might have to share that if he could pour into his son, his son could go even further and do greater things than he had done. I'm saying this morning in this house, let's not neglect our homes. Let's not neglect our marriages. Let's not neglect our children. There is no higher calling on your life than that of a father, than that of a mother. And there is no more powerful thing when a family unites and says, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. That's my my heart for you dads this morning. My prayer for you is that you will be positive. You will be positive. Let me stop right there for a second. Would every man in this building please stand? Every Now you got to do what you know you got to do because you got to do what you got to do when the guy says, please be there. Come on down. Right here. I don't care whether you're married, single, old, young. And as we come down, there's a reason for it. Why don't you look at these guys, ladies? Some of them got dark hair. Some of them got gray hair. Some of them got no hair. Some of them have spring in their steps. Some of them have canes in their hands. They're all seasoned men who have walked through a journey. I'll say it again. My prayer for you is for you to be that you will bless. You know, you might not have kids, but you might have grandkids. You might have sisters and brothers. You might have nieces and nephews. You are a walking tree in that sense, and you are to bless. Bless them with, 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 with meaningful touch. Bless them with verbal blessings. And the third blessing that I didn't get to while you were sitting down all nice and comfy, that third blessing is that you would have an active commitment. Active commitment. In other words, come up underneath them and help them, support them, getting them the training, getting them the help that they need. Do what you can do. It's called active commitment. When when you see that mark on their life, right? Come under it with your support. Say to them, let me help you. Let me, and and you know, the independent spirit probably kicks in. I don't need your help, dad. But but it's okay. You You can supply for them. You can provide for them. You can even get 
someone to help measure them because maybe what they are marking is not in your wheelhouse. That's the way we help bless ourselves. We speak over them. We speak over them. Ephesians fathers me. Titus says to you younger fathers, love them. Enjoy them. Be careful. What a big burden it has been for me and the pressure it has I can't emphasize this enough. It's not a light issue. It's serious. Our kids drove out of the house. But every morning, whether they like it or not, they're getting prayed over, they're getting prayed for, they're being blessed, they're being lifted up, there is impartation that I speak over them, there, <coughs> excuse me, there, and, and, and then they got children, so you got to do the same thing there. Every grandkid gets mentioned, special needs get special prayers. Something else will take place because they're vulnerable. Just like a home without a roof is vulnerable to the outside elements, so is a home who is not prayed over vulnerable to the outside darkness that comes in and invades and takes what is God's light and distorts it into something called eros, which I'm not going to talk about right now. You can get that online. I'm just, I'm just saying it's too twisted. And, it, and Eros is all about the best. It's all about the greatest. It's all about, and it's about rejection of everything else. It, it, but, but the agape love that we speak of, it is agape. It's God giving himself to you. When you agape yourself, when you agape those closest to you, you are giving yourself. about winning something. It's about receiving. Amen? Ladies, got to go. Would you mind standing? You think I was going to let you be slothful in that pew to raise your hand? Like I said, I approach today in a much different way. Because sometimes besides preaching, we need to pray. been concerned as I am today over those young generations that are coming up into a world of hurricane and and yeah you can say well you know it's just a sign that Jesus is coming back okay fine that, that I don't have any problem with that but 
wonder what they said during World War II. And I can give you a whole lot of other examples. Okay, but we don't know that. But we do know that we are to walk in the ways that are upright and just, and that we are to pray for our families and put a roof over them and to provide for them and to become to them that support, that positiveness that says something totally in reverse from what the world and its twistedness has to say. You are the lilies of the field. I want you to see this in verse 9. Not even the backyard is disgusting with filthy child that gets all the outfits all over the place. It's called the left and right. And the parent could tear it around the church if we weren't doing it right. But you got to, and it's not bad. I mean, you know, we, 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 we love on them. We do what we can, but we're not the parents here. And I'll just come back to it again and say, listen, you need to change your upbringing. Don't be, don't be, don't be bullied around here. Don't, don't push them around. There's spiritual boundaries and there's moral boundaries. And one thing that has to be kept Okay, ladies, you ready? You want to stick out those hands? Here. Make a fist and go. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, as I like, yeah, we drive them crazy. <laughs> Stick your hands together. And guys, if you put your hands out and you just pray for them. In the name God, I, I thank you for um, the instructions that you have given me in, in my lifetime. Even those that have come from my own parents, but you have shown me more. You have enlightened me in many ways, including things of this world. And, and Lord, I pray that you will stir up that gift within me that you will cause me, lead me, remind me, impact me. Lord, pray blessing. Pray blessing over my spouse. Pray blessing and, and, and put a roof over our spiritual home. Yeah, God, I, 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 know, I know they have free choice. I, I get that. But I also know your word says, train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they become old, they won't depart from it. They don't need to see some action, Lord. They don't need to just see behavior. They need to know
So, Lord, I pray that you will bless these men, that you will guide them, renew their minds, renew their spirits, stir them up. Lord, that you will grant unto them, I pray, your promises over them, that you would become wisdom and understanding. And, Lord, that you will teach them, continue to teach them, continue to use them. And, and I pray that, 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 Lord, as you lead them and guide them, that they would oh, be used and anointed of you to be the priests of the home that you have called them to be, that highest calling upon them. So I pray, open their eyes. And, and I pray in, in the name of Jesus, you will bless them, favor them, and assure them. Prosper, protect, promote them, increase them, keep them safe. Impart your health to them. Honor them. Bless them in their coming in and their going out. In all that you have time for them to do. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Give him praise. He's worthy of it. Oh, wait a minute. The two men are up here. Uh, James, are you still there? Lift it up. Come on, lift it up. Even more. I want it to fill this room. Make it louder. generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family Children and their children, and their children, may His favor be upon. 
First of all, remember you're attaching your mind to this because these are attachments of God. And let me tell you a little story. I'll tell you the whole story. But if you don't know what to think or how to think, then take out that little smartphone of yours. You open it up, and you say, play the song.
Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We pray your presence is present. Our presence will continue to touch this house and lead us, draw us, bear witness with us as you make real to us your presence in this house. Blessed be the name of our Lord. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Now, man, before you leave here, now, first of all, these altars are open. You want to find places of prayer, we encourage you to do that. We're here to pray with you. But before you leave, man, touch. Hug. Give them an old macker on the cheek or something. How about that? But love each other, okay? And greet one another this morning. Now, not sometime later. Go ahead and do it now. May God richly bless you. Amen. Praise for thee.